I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon. And this week, we built the show for those that are getting ready to launch into their race season. Triathlon, maybe you're prepping for a marathon, an ultra, the newfangled gravel racing. Whatever it is, in the Northern Hemisphere, the races are going to be emerging thick and fast. And for the first time in a couple of years, there are very few asterisks or unknown when we think about these races. For the most part, it is full-blooded seasons of racing ahead of us. And that's good. So we thought, you know what, it's timely to build a framework for you to ensure that your first races of this whole season are successful, but also you go on to have a season of success. And so in today's show, you're going to learn a few things. The first is the right mindset, the lens to look through so that you can diffuse some of the fear and alleviate some of that pass-fail shackles that so many athletes face in early season racing. We're also going to line up a strategic approach so that you can dial into your race and make set it up for the most success that you can. And finally, a little quick list to finish. Some reminders, some essentials for you to tick off so that you can minimize risk and optimize the chances of your trained potential meeting race day performance. It is time, ladies and gentlemen, to get excited, but also strategic. Race season is here, so let's kick the rust off and embrace the challenge. Before we do, I want to do a squatty update. Yes, a squatty update. And folks, we've got a few quick hits this week. And the first one is last week I hosted a super webinar on race day fueling and hydration and how you can arrive fully prepared. I was joined by Andy Blow, the CEO and founder of Precision Fuel and Hydration. I've got to say it was a super event. In fact, I would label it unmissable for any endurance athlete. Now, I don't want to tell you this to sort of schadenfreude for you because the good news is that we actually recorded the session and you can still watch it. And in addition, the precision and fuel and hydration team, as well as the folks from Purple Patch, that's me and my team, built up a really compelling, helpful blueprint so that out of the show, the actual webinar, you actually have a guide of how you can go and build your best approach. Best of all, it's all free for all of the registrants. And so if you head to the show notes of today's show or the website, all you have to do is go and register. And what we'll do is we'll send you straight away both the recording, the blueprint, no charge at all. And I think you're going to benefit. I think it's an unmissable one and it really synchronizes with what we're talking about today, the return to racing as we might want to call it that. Okay, so that's number one. The second thing, You might listen to today's show and think, goodness me, my event is creeping up. The countdown is on. And even if your key race is in June or July or August or beyond, it's coming. So you've got a couple of options for yourself. First, if you are currently hard charging for a race, you're in your plan. 
but you've got a ton of questions. You don't have to be a purple patch athlete in order to gain insights and some support from us. We are more than happy to set up a consultation, no pressure, with one of our coaches or, of course, myself to talk through any part of the preparation or your race plan. Some solid advice and some individual perspective can often help. All you have to do is head to purplepatchfitness.com, head to the services tab, and you will see plenty of consultations available. Of course, you can always email us as well directly, info at purplepatchfitness.com, and we will do our best to support. And finally, a ton of folks pinged us after the Nutrition and Fueling webinar and saying, oh, that was amazing, but I really want to amplify my efforts on assessment of my own fueling and hydration approach, how I can actually practically train my gut to be able to absorb more carbohydrates or other individual support so that you can refine your approach to racing. And so many folks have asked us, who is it out there that's best to help? Well, our partner for Purple Patch Athletes, of which you can participate in as well, are the team at Fuel In. They're fantastic. And I've got to say they are experts in dialing in daily nutrition, all synchronized, by the way, with your training plan. So you know exactly what to consume. And it doesn't need to be mung-like. It's not over maniacal, but give you a really good guideline and set of guidance and advice for daily nutrition. But also they are the masters of race fueling and hydration. And so if you want a little bit more information on that, you can head to purplepatchfitness.com and just simply head to the nutrition tab and it's all broken out from there. And I should say, by the way, they leverage precision. So it's good stuff. It's a lovely sort of virtuous circle, as it were. You are also free to utilize your own fuel and hydration of choice because we all realize the team at Precision, Purple Patch, and of course, Fuel In, that, hey, it isn't some magical component of what you have to consume. It's what works for you. And so feel free to reach out to us. And if you reach out directly to them through the Purple Patch Fitness Nutrition tab, just let them know that I told you about it on the podcast, because that way you're going to get some little extra special support and love. And I won't tell you what that is, but I promise you it will be worth it. Okay, so the reason I did that in the Squatty Update is that our mission on this show is to really try and provide you with free quality education and support along your performance journey. And so with this, I want to take this opportunity to do my final little spouting off. I want to talk about our partner, Inside Tracker, because these folks, fantastic team that they are, they enable us to bring this type of education complimentary to you. But beyond that, Inside Tracker supports the effectiveness of our coaching and programs. And so we actually lean on Inside Tracker to enable us to optimize the guidance of our athletes and our fitness enthusiasts. And you've heard it from me before, but the insights and recommendations from the experts of doctors, nutritionists, sports physiologists have been massively helpful in helping athletes remain and improve their platform of health. But also, they've been helpful in enabling focus the key areas for them individually so that they can actually improve their performance in sport and life. It's really all about longevity. And so if you, Purple Patch Athlete or not, would like to look inside, 
head to insidetracker.com slash purplepatch and you can use a special code purplepatchpro20. That's purplepatchpro20 and you'll receive 20% off at the store. It is a high yield, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So we are back to our regular scheduled program. Barry, you're on the stage, mate. Wipe the sweat off. Get that brow nice and dry. Get the tunes ready because the folks at home are buzzing with excitement. It is time for Word of the Week. We like the way he thinks. Serious with the way. Let's open the book. It's time to take a peek. It's the Dictionary Word of the Week. Yes, thank you, Barry. Exceptional as ever, my friend. You are an inspiration. The word of the week this week is comfort. It's all about running shoes. Whether you're chasing your best time at a marathon or maybe doing a triathlon and running off the bike, for the vast majority of time-starved amateur athletes, anything over about 90 minutes in duration is usually limited by mechanical fatigue. In other words, you don't run out of puff. It's not that your breathing won't take you to another elevated level of performance. It's a simple fact that your legs won't behave. So many of us have felt that in the back half of races. Come on, I've got more energy to give, but why won't my legs do what I want them to do? Now, this is a really different situation than perhaps an elite athlete whose half marathon off the bike might be 65 to 80 minutes in duration, or a marathon runner that's doing a whole 26.2 miles in two to two hours and 20 minutes. That's some fast going. That's a different thing. And so I encourage you, don't fall for the marketing hype. Don't chase running shoes that promise greatness, but end up just delivering mechanical fatigue. These stiletto-style, super-duper shoes that do offer an advantage, but that advantage doesn't always or typically occur for you. And so instead, I would prefer a really light shoe that offers at the same time great cushion. And that combination minimizes your mechanical fatigue. So much like the story of the tortoise and the hare, pragmatism and patience wins. It is a point of consideration when you are choosing the right racing shoe for you. Familiarity, cushioning, and of course, within that scope, as light as possible. And that is why I lean into the word comfort your word of the week. All right, now, Barry, oh, we're excited. It's time to return to racing. It's time for the meat and potatoes. Yes, folks, it is the meat and potatoes, and this week... We are talking to all the athletes that are getting primed, excited, ready. Race season is just ahead. As promised, I said that we would go three things to enable you to learn, not just the right mindset, but also a strategic approach to set up your racing success. And finally, we will dig in to the essential list of essentials. So some of the things that you don't want to miss. And so what we want to do is first establish, before we go into any of the logistical side of stuff, 
what is the appropriate mindset? Because a race at this time of year, the first race, actually has a little bit of different demands and a slightly shifted mindset that would be appropriate than if you've raced three, four, five times and you're priming for one of your later season races. And so I think that the grounding, the absolute framework for your success starts with getting your mind right. Let's actually hold hands, stand together and put ourselves in the right mindset so that then the strategies can blossom. And some of the more logistical things that we're going to talk through later in the show can actually come to fruition. But the most important thing that I really want to hammer down is this right mindset. And the first thing around your mindset is, perhaps unsurprisingly to you longtime listeners, your why. Where does this race fit in the overall puzzle or journey of performance? Because your goal for this race might be really lofty. It might be important. You should be excited. But first race, knocking the rust off, I really encourage you to stay grounded. If you're feeling anxious, which is absolutely normal, it's been a while, you don't have racing familiarity, perhaps it is your first race. If you're feeling anxious, this is actually one of those situations that I want you to run forward into that anxiety. Don't cower, don't run away, run into it and find a way for yourself to set the perspective in which it is something that you can control. The race is actually empowering because from this race, I promise you one thing, you will learn and you want to set the very first race, even if in your heart is your own mini world championships, it is the absolute destination of your performance journey. Any race and the finish line from a race should never represent the finish of your journey. And so it is still a building block, no matter if it is, I'm wanting to finish my first Ironman, I'm trying to qualify to X, Y, and Z. It is the Boston Marathon and I cannot wait. I work my tail off to get here. Even if it is that pinnacle type event and it is your first event of this year, it still doesn't represent a finish line of your performance journey. In fact, it is an opportunity for growth and it is a building block of lessons for the subsequent rest of your season or the journey that goes on from here. And so emerging from this first experience, you are going to have more insights and you will be equipped to build, to course correct on anything that went wrong and still evolve. We talk about the journey so much. And in fact, I brought, into, I brought it up right when we started talking about this. But now is the time before your first race to embrace that concept. Now, with this in mindset, I think it's equally important that any athlete, so that means you, because you're starting and you're getting ready to go and do this race, I encourage you to not try to answer the unanswerable, the things that you don't know in this race. How is my body going to react in this first race? Am I going to have a breakthrough? If ever 
there is a race to remain process-driven, sorry, Yankee Poodles, process-driven. If there's ever a race to remain anchored on the process and not the outcome, it is very much the first race of the season. It doesn't matter if it's your own personal world championships. Stay process-driven. And under that, you want to go through and make a commitment to yourself. In fact, there's a couple of commitments going to go through today, but you want to go through and make a commitment to yourself to control what you can. So what can you control? You can control your plan for the race, how you're going to go about it. You can control your fueling and hydration. And you can control your effort, your commitment to the race. What do I mean by that? Well, we're going to dig in a lot to this later on. But I will say this, your commitment to effort is that you can control a commitment to you getting 100% out of the day, no matter what that day brings. And so whatever percentage close to perfection that you are, and it won't be perfect, I want you to get the best yield you can. So you can set up your plan. You can nail down your fueling and hydration, at least the best version of it, as you know, in this race. And you can commit to effort. And when you have that control, it all adds up to being really quite empowering. And what you start to anchor yourself in is, hang on, this isn't pass fail. You think about what we've talked about just so far in mindset. This is a building block. This is an opportunity for growth. There's a whole bunch of things that I can't answer. I don't know if my body is going to give me the yield that my hard work that I have put in. Is it, am I really going to get that reward? I don't know. Am I going to have some huge breakthrough? I don't know. But what I can do is put my mindset in a place that I'm going to control the things I can, such as my plan, my execution, my fueling, my hydration, and I'm going to commit no matter what adversity race day brings, and I'm sure it will bring some, I'm going to navigate and get the best result I can within that context. Good. With that commitment, that last commitment, it's critical then that from a mindset standpoint, when boom, the gun goes off, whether you're at the Boston Marathon, whether you're finishing an Ironman, whether you're chasing up the first hill of a gravel race, that is the time that you lean as your backbone, your proverbial backbone of your whole race is that commitment. Because what you cannot do, shouldn't do, won't do during the actual race is judge or assess how you're doing. Because remember, you just made that commitment to me. I'm going to get 100% out of the day no matter what. And so it's actually irrelevant to how you feel in the race, or what setbacks you're having to navigate. It doesn't matter because right in front of you, and I sometimes use a saying, you want to race the next 200 yards that you can see ahead of you. No matter what section of the race you are in, there is a chance for you to optimize, to try and get the best yield and to manage your energy and your pacing. And then when you're done with that, whether it's a mile, whether it's 200 yards, it doesn't matter. You move on to the next and you optimize that. Process, 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 process. You get it. No matter what happens. 
Remain focused on what you can control, the effort you put in, and then, and then what you'll get out of this day, your very first race of the season, is the huge yield that goes well beyond what many people recognize, which is clarity for the path ahead. You see, where we're at with this race is it is step one, your first race, the first step, the first stepping stone for the rest of this year's journey. And so everything that you get out of this race, whether it's magical, whether it's mixed, whether it's a bit of a challenge, it's going to feed into your next steps. And it's great and it's okay to have lofty goals and dreams for your first race, but don't let those distract you from the mindset that we discussed, the absolute commitment, the process and the effort commitment, because that, I promise you, is your best opportunity, not just for your journey ahead, but also from the results that you get in this day. Okay, I think you're in line with me. So with that, should we go to section two? I think we should, shouldn't we? Yeah. Let's go through some strategies because I think it's important for then to us get a little bit more granular on this. So let's go through some strategies. And I think first we should acknowledge something. Athletes' first races can be a little bit funky, can be uh, maybe a little less predictable. And I don't say that so that it elicits fear or amplified anxiety. I think you have to accept it. There are a whole bunch of unknowns. You see, the truth is that you don't in your very first race, no matter how good your training has gone, you don't have your optimal resilience. You don't have that hardening of the legs that occurs with race fitness. There's a reason that folks across all sports say, do I have that race fitness? And a part of that is emotional, a part of it is physical. The other truth is that the absolute, absolute race experience globally has been pretty unfamiliar. You haven't done it for a while. And so you're maybe a little bit rusty, and that can be a little bit challenging sometimes. Things like the wisdom of the race experiences and how to manage is just not fresh in mind. Now, on the flip side to that, because that can lead you down a path of, oh my goodness me, I don't know how my body's going to react and I haven't done this for a while and I'm rusty and I listen to this English guy who knows a little bit about this and well, he was being a bit of a doomsday player. He seemed like he was trying to set me up for failure. That's not the case at all because there is a flip side to this. And that's that on the flip side, you're not carrying fatigue from a long season of racing into this first event. You're probably pretty emotionally and physically fresh. And on top of it, you haven't had the burden of any experiences from prior races. It's just all there right in front of you. You're excited. You're ready to give it your all. And that's great. And in fact, while you're not battle ready with that race fitness I talked about, the vast majority of athletes going into this first race have had weeks and weeks, if not months of training that hasn't been disrupted by other events and races. So a lot of athletes have had the most consistent training, at least from an event and racing disruption standpoint, than any other block of the year. No matter what life, work, or sickness might have impacted training, 
a lot of you folks have been really consistent for many, many weeks without having to navigate tapers and recovery from training and racing, etc. And so you are likely arriving to your race really, really fit, but you're not race battled. And that's why there's a natural question mark. That's why there's a little bit of funkiness, and that's okay. And in fact, the truth is, I'm here to tell you because my job is to tell you the truth, what we see is a kind of a, a broader scattering of performances relative to train potential. We see some athletes that absolutely fly and other athletes that underperform. And it's very, very difficult for you, the athlete, or even the coach to truly know how your body will react in the very first race. And so therefore, all that becomes is an unknowable. We want everybody to shine. I want you to shine. But it's absolutely no value sweating about it, obsessing about it. Instead, I would encourage you to enter this race with a curious mind. Remember, I'm committed to executing my plan, giving my all, and then seeing where I'm at. And I'm going to have out of this race lessons. And those lessons are going to enable me to build no matter what the experience. In other words, from a strategic standpoint, there is no bad. It's not, am I going to race good or bad? There is no bad. Instead, what there is is an opportunity from the initial race, even if it's a tough day. A magical performance is lovely, but it doesn't ensure a whole season of magical performances. And equal to that, I have had athletes win world titles following seasons in which their initial race or two has been a real struggle. But you know what they did? They learned, they assessed, they adapted, they grew, and they built a season. And if they can do it, you can too. And so let's set up your real granular strategy. The first thing, nail the basics. This is really important. There's a blizzard of stuff. You're not on autopilot yet, whether it's logistics or equipment or fueling and hydration. There's a lot of things to think about. And that can become really distracting. In fact, people can lose their heads. So the first thing I would say is absolutely commit to the basics. What's the most important thing? Well, it's pretty simple. First, dial in your equipment. First racing, go through it and plan ahead of time. Is my bike tuned? Do I have the right equipment? Is my shoes comfortable? Is my wetsuit ripped if you're a triathlete? Et cetera, et cetera. Go through and get your equipment. So equipment is one thing, and that is absolutely in your control. It's under your guidance. It's up to you. There's no one else that has the responsibility apart from you. So number one is equipment. The other thing that you can absolutely dial in is your pacing. How do I actually plan from a perceived effort, from a power or pace standpoint, how am I going to get my pacing right now? We're going to talk about this and rip it apart in a second, but pacing is really important. Thirdly, my fuel and hydration. And finally, my race management. So those are your kind of four tenants. You've got your equipment, your pacing, fuel and hydration, and race management. And those are the things that are really pretty simple. And in each of those, you want to ensure that you get the basics right. That's really important. And then you have your framework, you have your context. And from that, you can get on to the business of actually doing. 
So why don't we go through each of them? So equipment, I pretty much went through it. I'm not going to go through it on a deep level, but go and take care of your business. Make sure it's clean, it's operational, et cetera, et cetera. We'll come back to equipment a little bit later. Where I want to go right now, which is really important, particularly pertinent to your first race, is pacing. How do you pace your first race of the season when you haven't been racing for a little while? Now, perhaps you've been really working on a part of your racing, one particular discipline all over the winter months. Or perhaps you felt like you've got this big progression in training where you go into this first race and look, I'm at a higher level than I've ever been. I am fit. I'm feeling really good. I feel like my potential is way above. Well, let me tell you, all of that's great. If you have been really working on your running as a triathlete or particularly or perhaps working on your biking or maybe your handling skills in gravel racing or maybe you've overhauled all of your fueling and hydration or perhaps you just feel like you're an evolved athlete you've really committed all of that is wonderful it's great but let me tell you that very few athletes get a great yield from entering a season as a hurricane Vroom. I'm a new athlete. I'm going to go and rip it up. It's just simply too high risk. You are no doubt excited, but let's ensure that you really dial in for the first race, something that feeds into global success. So I guess the big question is, how can you set up for a race from a pacing standpoint that is a net positive for the race, but also for your own individual development and the season as a whole? It is not, it is rarely, it is not about charging ahead and being hyper aggressive. Because so often when athletes are hyper aggressive, this is the new me. They end up blowing up in the middle to the back end of the first race. And guess what? Blowing up and struggles in the middle to the back end of the race, they don't deliver massive lessons. They're not building blocks. The only thing you learn is, well, I went too hard. So that's not a great strategy. Instead, I would really try and go into your first race and say, my mission, my goal is to try and put together an event a really even and balanced, strong effort. And what that means is on the line between on one side aggression and the other side patience, I would stray towards the ladder. It's not passive, it's patience. And so if you were a triathlete, you would build into the swim and swim very strong on the back half. You would progressively build through the bike making sure that you're looking after the basics such as fueling and hydration and terrain management, but really try to assure that you've got enough energy to be consistently strong, whatever is strong for you, but consistently strong on the run. And that might sound a little defeatist, but hey, imagine in that situation that you get off the bike and you feel like a spring chicken. Go for it. Rip it. Go and build out a stunning individual performance on your run. You will still gain so much more insights and lessons. And on top of it, receive a really favorable physiological fitness boost from being consistent early 
and a strong building performance rather than some heroic burnout from being too aggressive up front. It is very, very rare that I meet athletes and talk to athletes after races in which they say, yeah, it was really pretty good, but you know what? I think it went out too slow on the bike. It's so often a different story. Oh, it was almost good, but I exploded in a ball of flames halfway through the bike or the middle of the run whenever it might occur. And so be patient, build, and put together a piece of work. What does that mean so far as outputs and numbers? You want the metrics, don't you? Well, you ain't getting it. That's up to you. You, your coach, your program, whatever it might be. But I will say that I would avoid, no matter how much you've been working on your bike, if you're a triathlete, I would avoid riding much more than your most complete performance that you have done in prior events even if you feel much stronger, because then it opens up the door of opportunity for you to run great. And if you're a marathon runner, I would ensure that you manage the front third. Don't go any faster, just manage it and then build up and so on. You get the context. If you get this right and you nail a balanced event, the return of that is you're actually going to enjoy it more. But on top of it, there's something else here. Far from being defeatist, the likelihood is that it's going to be your best performance on that day. And the big hairy bonus is it's going to be a massive physiological and emotional platform to build from. It builds confidence. It is so much better to feel like you just left a little bit out there on the course in the early stages in which you still had the license to absolutely empty yourself in the last third of the race. That is a yield. That is the opportunity of lessons. So that's your pacing mindset overall. How about the second part of it, fueling and hydration? Well, let me tell you, this is an area that you don't want to leave to chance because the truth is, as Andy Blow and I talked about in the webinar a couple of weeks ago, things have evolved. They've evolved a lot over the last few years. And so as you prepare to line up for your initial race of the year, I would urge you against simply going back to what might have worked for you prior, your old habits, rinse and repeat. Because what you've been doing in the last years, that might have worked for you, but you may, and this is bold and double underlined, but still worthy of investigation, you may be missing an opportunity. Now, that doesn't mean that in this first race, you just say, wow, I heard this English guy again, and he said, you might be missing an opportunity, so I'm going to change everything. Let's throw the baby out with the bathwater, and let's go random. Let's try something brand new on race day. No, that's not what I'm talking about. And this is a deep subject. And so what I encourage you to do on this is if you really want to dig in, remember what I talked about early in the show. Go register for that webinar and really listen to that hour of power that we did with Andy Blow from Precision Fuel and Hydration. Because what we did in there, in that webinar, is get into the trends and the emerging science of fueling and hydration. So as I mentioned, we will leave the link in there in the show notes for you so you can go and listen to it. But what I will say for today's show here is that if you have time between listening on this show and your race, if you have time, you should get practicing and refining. You can actually train your gut for the evolving fueling. 
medium and long course athletes, runners, cyclists, ultras, you can all benefit from building out this part of the plan. And there is this trend and it is viable across all levels, a real trend of looking to consume higher carbohydrate consumption over the course of racing. And this isn't some mystical new thing. It's not about finding some magical performance boost. What we're really learning is by you training your gut, finding the right solution around your fueling and hydration and actually being able to take on more carbs, more grams and carbohydrates in most race performances, it actually seems to be yielding performance gains. But it's really about you matching your trained potential to race day performance. So what we don't want to have you do is leave some of your race performance on the sidelines because it's limited by your approach to fueling and hydration. There's been a real evolution in the collective understanding of how to optimize it and how to yield performance. And so if the world is learning, if we are all learning and growing, why would you just say, well, I've did it for the last five years like this, so I'm just going to stick with what I know. It's an opportunity. Now, I say this. This is a big reason. I mentioned these guys earlier in the show, but I can't help but bring these guys up. And this is not a paid endorsement, as I tell you guys this. This is a big reason of the part of why we work with the guys from Fuel In. Because with Scott, Elizabeth, and the rest of the team, these folks are on the cutting edge of what we're talking about today. And they do fantastic work helping integrated nutrition that synchronizes with your training plan. So you have all the toolbox on the day-to-day so that you can recover really well, get the optimal adaptations, ensure that you're getting the fitness yields and also have energy in the day, and that's great. But they're real experts in also working to optimize your fuel and hydration on race day. So if we do that with those guys and we add in our insights that we gain from our great relationship with the folks at Precision Fuel and Hydration that deliver such great products but also great education, we start to believe that we have this fantastic suite of products that are fit for purpose and I think that we're really onto something for our athletes. And so just as we're talking about this today and you're getting ready for your first race, if it does give you a little bit of sweat or worry, or angst, you're not quite sure, if you need personal support in this area, just head to purplepatchfitness.com, go to the nutrition tab, set up a consultation, and I'm sure those guys would be delighted to work with you. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, do let them know that you found us through the show, because I'm sure that they're going to treat you very, very well because of that. They really are a caring company that really wants and provides athlete success. But anyhow, I know that we're talking about first race Uh, first race is back, so I should get back to race prep. So fueling and hydration, big area. Uh, Can't dig into all the details today. We've got the resources. We have that webinar, super. What else can I tell you or at least remind some of you folks around fueling and hydration for your first race? Breakfast. It makes a difference. It really does. The first thing I'll say is timing. I would really like you to be fueled up with your breakfast in your stomach, absorbing at least two hours before the race. If you're anything like me, it's three to four hours. I much prefer a really empty stomach to race on, but I want to ensure that my energy levels and my muscle stores are topped up. So a good breakfast, several hundred calories, and protein and carbohydrate is really, really key. 
So that's the building block that you're going to draw on over the course of your race. Doesn't matter what the distance of the race is. Our hydration needs are highly individual. I can't tell you exactly what concentration electrolyte drink you should have because we know that there is a big dial and difference between individuals. But I will say that for the vast majority of athletes, when you first wake up, a heavy electrolyte solution is a good option, a couple of hours right at breakfast time. And I should add that there is absolutely nothing wrong with a nice cup of coffee if you enjoy that sort of thing. What else can you do around fueling and hydration? Zero to 15 minutes before the start. I think that's a great time for the vast majority of athletes to get the last fueling before the race. And you certainly want that fuel to be highly accessible and very good absorbing sugars. So those are your gels and your chews and your blocks and things like that. You're good here. And the reason that's important is because your nerves are going, you're excited, you've got your endorphins, you're priming the system. And your system is literally sitting there ready to accept the quick release carbohydrates. So that's a good time for you to take in the high sugary foods as you go in. It's going to help you later in your event and day. Okay, so I say all of that on fueling and hydration, but I do want to finally say one more thing, which is nothing new on race day. That still remains. And so you've got to go with your tested fuel and hydration choices. If you haven't tested and you haven't refined and your race is really coming up in the immediate event, you can't really adjust it for there. So that's a section that you say, I'm not going to do anything to sabotage my race because that would be crazy. But what I am going to do is I'm going to keep it tried and trusted. I'm going to keep it simple, but I'm going to make a mental note because as this is step one of the journey, once this race is over, following this race, and once I've recovered a little bit, it's going to become my obsession because I listen to this English bloke. I've got an opportunity to adapt and at least explore and investigate whether I'm missing some low-hanging fruit. And so prior to your following race, that's something that you can really dial in. All good stuff. Big picture, focus on developing, not just what you've always done, but but don't flip it in race week. Good. Okay, so finally, we sort of touched on equipment a little bit. We talked about pacing. We talked about fueling and hydration. Now let's finally talk about race management. It is your return to racing. You're rustic. It's been a while. How should you approach race management? In other words, race management, it's what's happening in flight. Gun has gone off and you're in the business. You are literally in the weeds. Well, the first thing with race management, you have to lean in, right on the back of your hand, whatever it takes, your commitment. What is that commitment? No matter what happens, and plenty might happen, but no matter what happens, your job is to optimize your speed across the distance within the context of your day. Listen carefully. Your job is to optimize your speed across the distance within the context of the day. That's really different than you must put out your best performance ever. Diffuse that. Get rid of that pressure. This isn't pass or fail. 
control what you can control. So instead, all I'm asking is for you to stay committed to the process and your effort, no matter what adversity you face, whatever, flat tires, tired legs, dodgy tummy, I don't care. Optimize your result relative to the context of the day. Why? The reason for this is this is the only way that you will truly be able to reflect and learn and then build on. This is a journey. The second part of race management, respond, don't react. What do I mean by that? Well, first, commit to absolutely no in-race assessments. I want you to stay process focused. Let me give you an example. You're a triathlete, you come out of the swim, you're heading into T1, what does everybody do? They looks at their watch, was that good? Or was it a bad swim? Give me something to build on, build my confidence. Well, guess what? By looking at that watch, you are receiving absolutely no relevant information at all. Was the course long? Was it short? Did you swim straight? Is everyone hitting fast times? Is everyone hitting slow times? You don't know. So sure, go and have a look at your watch, but it's not going to provide you any insights in T1 as to how you're doing. And so get on with it. Put the swim behind your ears because it's over. You'll get a chance to dig through the results and actually see how you did relative to your friends, peers and competitors after the race. And all these little examples, they just can carry on every single part of your race. It goes on. And so there is no in-race assessments. Third or a second part of the respond, don't react is make your race plan, but then work the plan. Your fueling plan, your hydration plan, your pacing plan. How are you going to chase and race if you're more at the elite level? It's all the same. You want to have a plan. You might map it out on a spreadsheet. That's great. It might look pretty. But a great performance isn't about, isn't about just following the plan. It's about keeping your head in the game, executing your plan, but then managing the challenges and making smart decisions, brave decisions. And bravery can come sometimes with holding back, letting, letting people go. It can also come with stretching yourself a little bit, taking a final risk, whatever it might be. But make your plan, but realize, like life, a race is not a spreadsheet. And the third component to race management, it's an uplifter. Allow yourself to enjoy the process. If you've listened today and you're successful in liberating yourself from the expectations going in, and no expectations is very, very different than low expectations, the only expectation you actually have is around your effort and commitment, and we've hammered that to death today. And then you can just be fully anchored and doing your best, no matter what. And what that gives you is capacity, more capacity and focus to actually enjoy the darn thing, to smile, to shine and be radiant from the inside out. It's wonderful. Because the truth is, guys, that racing is an opportunity to shine and allow yourself to look in the mirror and express all the hard work that you've done. And then once it's over, you build from it.
Good. So with two sections done, we've got my final section, and that is section three, the list. Here are some quick key reminders and tips that I cannot let you go into your first race back without me reminding. Here it is, my hit list. There are a few of them. Number one, know the course. The day prior, the swim course, the bike course, the run course, the transition flow, whatever it is, whatever your route is, gravel, marathons, 5Ks, know the course. Understand where you're going. Add to that, it's really important that you know the commitments of your race, the logistics. Plan a little and depressurize the situation by becoming really familiar with where you have to be when and what you have to do to get into the race and get onto the start line and have it all clear. A little bit of pre-race planning, it's really good. So know the logistics and know the course. That's number one. Number two, give yourself plenty of time. More time than you think. It is better to have more time than it is to be rushed, lost, and panicked. Very simple. Number three, transitions. This is one for the triathlete specifically. Plan ahead. With your transitions, you want to know it's worth actually writing out what you need to bring. Because it's so often that you forget stuff. Oh, I forgot my lube. I forgot my bike pump. Whatever it might be. Plan ahead. And then when you actually execute them, it is about calm and managed. In fact, the word is efficiency. There is very little positive returned from you in a panicked fashion rushing through transition. But on the flip side, there is absolutely no acceptable reason for you to get ready for your transition and pack your portable hairdryer and personal waxing kit for T1. Please don't. It is all about efficiency. Good. Dial in, think about the transitions. Let's come back to equipment. I labeled this as one of the key components. I want to come back to the quick hit list here because I think it's a good timely place to have it in the show. Number one, please arrive with it clean and functional. Number two, charge your electronics. That's your power meter, your GPS, your electronic shifting, all of those components. Number three with your equipment, if you're a triathlete, tire pressure, the right shoelaces, the right gear, make sure that you don't mess up on the simple, simple stuff of equipment. And for you guys that are checking in bikes the night before the race, don't leave your tires pumped up to high pressure overnight. You don't want to have pops that when you wake up in the morning, you're stuck fixing tires right before race start. Of course, that goes that when you do arrive, if your race does include a bicycle, make sure you check and get to the right tire pressure in that morning. Number five. Don't forget your sunscreen and your lube. It's important. Chafing is no fun and nor are sunburns. But hearing you describe and complain about it is even less fun for your friends and family. So don't forget your sunscreen and lube. Good. Two more. Number six, arrive prepared for the conditions. Early season races often bring surprises in conditions, whether it's cold, whether it's heat, whether it's wind or it's rain. So know what's coming, travel prepared for everything. And number seven, if in doubt, don't do it and don't use it. What do you mean? 
don't do it and don't use it. Don't use what you ask. Whatever that new equipment, potion, lotion, shoes, whatever it is, don't. Wait, test it in training, and then adapt it. Oh, and finally, I can't help but add one more thing. This is important. Marathon runners, ultramarathon runners, triathletes, this one's important. And this is universal to all racing. But as you step forth and hope for your own personal brand of greatness, remember one thing. Walk breaks are not a sign of weakness. They're not a label of you giving in. In fact, what walk breaks usually are a really smart management and a pathway for you to get your best performance at the finish line. And so I hope that if you do, with intelligence, integrate smart, progressive walk breaks into your racing program, I hope that you enjoy passing the athletes who have made their internal tough man commitment usually to never walking. And instead, they've blown up in a stubborn fashion, staggering around with incredibly poor and slow running form. While you maintain your great form and run with your best brand of running speed, whatever that is for you, all integrated and interspersed with some really smart terrain management and posture resetting walk breaks. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your path to a return to racing. And so, what I say is go forth, have a super day, smile, and be happy that you're here. Oh, and then what? When it's over? Well, I'll tell you what. Assess, learn, and build. Because every race experience is a chance for growth and improvement. So if you go out there and have a great day, assess the heck out of it. What went well? What could have been improved? Know why you had a great day. And be honest with yourself and then build from it. Because a great day can always be better. And if you have a day that was a struggle, it's the same. Assess the heck out of it. What went well? What can be improved? Understand why the challenges occurred. What did you do well on those challenges? Be honest. You see, folks are generally very eager to absolutely rip apart a race when it was challenging. But realize it's equally important to rip apart a race and assess and learn and grow from the great days. And so before I let you go, I do want to let you know, if you listen today and you need support, reach out. We're here. Info at purplepatchfitness.com. We can set up a consultation for you. And of course, if you want to become a part of our international community of like-minded folks who are aligned in their simple desire to improve, to thrive, and to excel, not just in sport, but in life, well, you know where to find us, don't you? Either way, I do want to say right now, as we close out this show to all listeners, I want to wish you the very best of luck for this season. Really, I really hope that you have an outstanding season of racing. And I hope the first race goes as well as it possibly can and is a great opportunity for growth. Enjoy it, smile, and remember why you really do this. I'm sure that it goes well beyond just sport. 
Stay safe, be nice, look after each other, take care. We'll speak to you next week. It's a cracker. See ya. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Purple Patch Podcast. If you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you share with your friends and even go the extra mile and head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate and review the show. The Apple Podcast link is in the show notes. Your support and positive reviews go a huge way in increasing our visibility and also the exposure to time-starved people everywhere who want to integrate sport into life and ultimately thrive. Don't forget, you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Cheers!